this is Liam Hendricks, and you're watching Crosstown Crosstalk on the Barroom Network. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Every summer in Chicago, the sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline, its luxurious lakeshore, marvelous monuments, and the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side, it's the White Sox. This is Crosstown Crosstown. Hello and welcome to episode number 41 of Crosstown Crosstalk presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi. Joey Parisi is not here yet again, but we might have baseball coming up here soon. I will be refreshing my Twitter the entire episode here today. I'm ready to talk to you guys about baseball. I'm, I'm gearing up for baseball to come back. I wanted to come back so bad. You know, I got my guy Robert Murray putting in our little group chat, you know, little notes and tidbits, what's going on with the players in the, the league right now. And it seems like they're on the one-yard line. We love football here at the Barroom Network. They're on the one-yard line. They're so close. And if they, you know, somehow got this thing done before the two, 3 o'clock deadline Eastern, which just passed three minutes ago, we're going to have baseball back, and they're going to play 162 games. There will be a couple nine-inning doubleheaders played throughout the season. I'm really hoping that this gets done. I'm not sure. They were really close, and then right at the end there, it started to come out about how the MLB wanted the lawsuits dropped from you know a couple years ago between them and the Players Association. It's a mess. They'll never be best friends like some of the other leagues, like not best friends. You know, every league has their Players Association and stuff like that, which is a good thing. Everybody deserves to have fair and equal labor, you know, just like any other business. But hopefully it gets done today. And while we're recording today, I got a very special guest. I'm not doing this show on my own. I could sit here and talk about this BS by myself for an hour, but you guys don't actually want that. Who I'm going to do it with? This person's very near and dear to me. He's actually my cousin. Not a lot of people might realize that. Because if you watch Bar Down Talking Hockey every Wednesday at 2 p.m., You'll know Joey Parisi and Frank Mueller are my co-hosts. And today, making his Crosstown Crosstalk debut, Frankie Mueller. Frank, how are we doing? Going? I'm doing good. How's it going? Very good. Now, people know you as Frank Mueller, the hockey guy. You're also the video game guy. You work for App Trigger at the Fan Sided Networks. You do a great job covering all the video games there today. Or in general, I saw a couple articles go up from you this morning. Um before we get into the whole baseball kinds of things, what's going on with the, the video game industry right there, besides the obvious one we're going to talk about in a couple minutes here? Um, yeah, so right now the biggest video game that's come out is Elden Ring. It's kind of in the Dark Souls franchise kind of universe. It's a very tough game, so there's a lot of room for guides and how-tos, and so I've been taking advantage of that in terms of my articles, and a lot of people have been reading them. They've been very successful. Um this game has just been blown off the charts. Um, and I suggest anybody who loves video games, and even if this isn't your type of or cup of tea, I would suggest trying it out. 
because you never know. Maybe you'll end up liking it. But a lot of people have been playing it, and it's one of the most played games right now in the world. Very good. Frankie does a great job covering all sorts of video games, talking about first-person shooters, RPGs, sports games. We'll get into that in just a second. But, Frank, I know you love baseball. Okay, I, I know you You probably – would you say you got into it a little later than the other sports? Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, it wasn't my favorite thing to watch, but I've grown to love it over the years. Yeah, so I would assume it's probably in your top four in terms of sports to watch and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who's your favorite team, why, and how did you get into baseball? I know it's kind of a three-legged question, but – Well, I'm wearing their hat. The Chicago Cubs are my favorite team. Um, I just love the color scheme. I love the Ivy at Wrigley Field. I just love everything about the fan base in general. Um, I grew up a Cubs fan, obviously, with my dad. My dad's a huge Cubs fan. Um, my brother's a big Cubs fan, my sister. So I, I grew up in a household that rooted for the Chicago Cubs. And I was never forced to be a Cubs fan, but just being around those types of people, it kind of naturally happens because they're they're watching it from whatever they whatever age they were, and then I would um, be watching it just by association, walk in the room and see them watching it. And after a while, you just become a fan of the team, and whether they're winning or losing, they're just fun to watch overall and cheer for. Absolutely. Um, so that's how you got into baseball. If you had to pick. What do you like most about baseball in terms of the actual game itself? You like watching a really good pitcher, hitters. I know you like it all, but if you had to pick one thing to hone in on, like what would it be? Um, I really love the way it's set up that every time you're playing a team, it's a series, which doesn't happen in any other sports, right? You're either doing a two game, three game, four game series, which is very unique because otherwise, like in other sports, you have to wait to see that till the playoffs. And while the regular season series may not mean as much as playoff series do, it's just an interesting concept. And I, I like how often they get to play other teams and how many times it's not, you're not going to see like a team three or four times like you would in other sports or in football, you might only see them twice if they're in your division or once every three years or whatnot. So I like the variety. I like, um, I just like how often you get to see teams and how I, I just really like how the series work. For sure. That's really interesting. Uh, it's, a very different answer than what I thought you were going to say. And I actually really admire that answer because it's not something that you necessarily think about all the time. Because like you said, with baseball, it's like you play a series. Hey, you're not trying to necessarily win every single game. You just want to win every series. Mm -hmm. If you win every series two to two to one, you'll go 103 and 65 or, you know, so I don't, I'm not good at math, but you get what I'm saying as far as that you win the series and you'll do well and you'll be ready for playoffs and have your pitching rotations all ready to go. The bullpen's fresh. So that's what makes a good baseball team. We'll actually get into the actual portion of Major League Baseball. But before we get into that, I want to talk to Frankie about the main reason I had him on this show, and that's to discuss MLB 22, the show. But before we get into that, I have a trailer to share with everybody.
there are a lot of things to unpack from that trailer. Um, obviously, the way the superstars of the game look, very accurate. I saw guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Tim Anderson and Fernando Tatis Jr. I believe that was Marcus Stroman pitching for the Chicago Cubs. He hasn't even made his Cubs debut yet. Um, but obviously, the most notable athlete in the commercial there is the guy who's on the cover who had one of the greatest seasons in the history of Major League Baseball last year. Of course, I'm talking about Los Angeles Angels designated hitter and pitcher Shohei Otani. Frank, what does it mean to have this absolute stud on the cover of MLB 22 The Show? Well, like you said, uh, he had one of the most historic years in MLB history last year. He actually captured all 30 of the MVP votes. And if you notice when they showed him in the trailer, the crowd was chanting MVP. Um, before I get into being him being on the cover, just want to restate some of the facts that he, or some of the stats that he had of last year. He, as a pitcher, he had a 318 ERA and a 109 WHIP in 23 games, with a nine win and two loss record. But not only that, as many of you may know, that Shohei Otani also bats in 537 at bats. He had 100 RBIs, 103 runs, and 46 home runs. So I think it is so well deserving that he is on the cover this year. He's the first member of the Angels organization to ever be on the cover. And he also is making history as the first ever pitcher to be on the cover of MLB The Show 22. That's really interesting to hear. I also think it means a lot from a global scale. Shohei Otani is obviously from Japan. We had that little story over the summer about Stephen A. Smith saying that he can't be the face of baseball because he doesn't speak English, which of all the asinine things that Stephen A. Smith, and let me be very clear, I like Stephen A. Smith. I think he's hilarious. I could only hope to be as um, successful as him in terms of this one day. I mean, even half his success. I would take 15% of Stephen A. Smith's success in my life. So, you know, let me be very clear about that. But he does have some outrageous opinions sometimes, and that was one of them. And Shohei Otani can be the face of Major League Baseball, even if he spoke anything else besides, you know, English. So the fact that he's a Japanese player doesn't mean anything when it comes to that. If anything, it's better for growing the game and being the face of baseball. I'm not sure he's as good of an all-around hitter as Mike Trout. Well, no, actually, I'm sure that he's not. But, you know, he's still an elite hitter and an elite pitcher, and that just does not happen in Major League Baseball today. So, you know, what are your thoughts on Shohei Otani being the cover of baseball just as much as he is the game? Yeah, I think it's great. Obviously, he's earned that right from last year alone. And, I mean, what he done is something that is, like I said, so historic. So I feel like it's only right for him to be the cover of baseball and the video game. I mean, it's just what he's been doing lately has been making shockwaves through the MLB. And think about how young he is and how much left of a career he's got in the MLB. So doing this at such a young age, there's not a better man right now to do that. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Do you know off the top of your head what team will be the most fun to use in MLB The Show, put all your biases aside, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I would say there's probably two. Um, the first one would be the Los Angeles Dodgers, just because they have a top five, top five at like any position, right? If they're pitching, if you're in the outfield, whatever, whatnot. They're a top five team in every single category in the video game. So that, that right there, if you want to play as them, you want to hit dingers with them, whatever, whatnot they're going to be the team to do it. They're just going to be a fun team overall to do it. The other team would be the Atlanta Braves, just because whoever wins the champion in any sport, 
is going to come and be one of the best teams in the game. They're going to be fun to be with. The game developers develop this World Series champ or Stanley Cup champ or NBA champ, whatever game you're playing as, as one of the best teams in the game. So that right there is going to be another team that will be fun to use as. One of those two teams are going to be electric. You know a fair amount about both the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox. Um, they both are going to have their strengths and weaknesses in the game. What about each team is going to be most fun to have in the game? Well, for the Chicago Cubs, obviously there's a lot of young guys on that team. So besides their young guns, and that's the biggest thing I look forward to in the Chicago Cubs. Um, when you look at the Chicago White Sox, their pitching is just going to be off the charts. They have very high overall pitching. Uh, Liam Hendricks is a 93 overall in the video game. So that's going to be, if you're a Chicago White Sox fan and you like to play as the Chicago White Sox, their pitching staff in the game is just going to be absolutely stunning and great to use and help you win games. Do you happen to know Luis Roberts overall offhand? I don't. I'm, I'm curious to see what what guys they consider the best. Because I know in MLB 21, the show, Yasmani Grandal had the highest overall on the team. And I think that's because like I, the general thought that Grandal coming in was the best player. And the young guys haven't taken that step yet where Grandal had with the Dodgers and the Brew Crew. So I actually have written down, but I was going to do it later because you're going to ask me something. But if you want to know now, I could tell you now. I have the highest Chicago Cubs players and the highest Chicago White Sox players that are rated. Okay, yeah, go for it. Um, so right now the highest Chicago Cubs players, not very good. There's three of them tied at an 85 overall. That's Nico Horner, Patrick Wisdom, and Wilson Contreras. For the Chicago White Sox, Liam Hendricks is a 93 overall. He is the highest overall player on the Chicago White Sox. He's also the highest overall pitcher, obviously, but they also have one other player that is in the 90 overall. Vin, do you have a guess on who you think it is? I'm going to guess you said it's Liam Hendricks. And then what was the second one? There's one more. Oh, there's one more. Okay. In the 90s. There are 91 overall. Okay. The only other player on the Chicago White Sox. I'm going to guess that it's Yasmani Grandal. It is at a 91 overall. So Hendricks and Grandal are going to lead the way for the lead the way for the Chicago White Sox and MLB the show 22. They're the only two players on the team that has a 90 or better overall. And like I said, the highest Cubs are 85. There's three at 85. That's it. So I'm curious. The Cubs came in, what, fourth last year? But I predict them to come in third this upcoming year. And we'll discuss actual baseball in a couple minutes, uh, you know, later in the show. But I think the Cubs are going to come in third, and I think the White Sox are going to come in first. But for a first-place team going into this year, and they were in first last year and probably had the third-best record in, you know, the American League last year, they were an elite team. Is MLB kind of stingy with their overalls? Because for a team that won 93 games that lost 100 home runs to injury last year, you know, that seems kind of low. Yeah, I think they're just a little hesitant, and I think a lot of video game developers do that with their players, especially just because last year they really, like, broke the barrier for the White Sox. It was, like, their first big year, like, making shockwaves. So I don't think they want to jump the gun just yet. So that's why they're a little hesitant. Um, But definitely throughout the course of the year, if the White Sox and if MLB could get underway this year, which we'll talk about later – if the Sox could prove that they could keep it consistent this year, you know, um, they're not going to be afraid to have mid-game updates and update these overalls throughout the year. So there may be two or three more players that might jump to that 90 overall mark. So they're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I mean, 
Tim Anderson hits 300 every year, and I hate batting average is a bad step, but you know, Tim Anderson for a leadoff guy, I guess I can look at the batting average and be okay with praising it. Um, Luis Robert had like a 3.5 war in only 60 something games last year. So over 162, that's like an eight war. That's like MVP Mike Trout, you know, area. So I'm, I'm wondering if he's going to be like, you know, one of their players next year. That's like a breakout MLB the show player. I think Luis Robert, if I had to guess, is in the high 80s when I was looking at the list. I think he was in the high 80s. There's somebody at an 89 overall, but I didn't write it down. He's probably so a that might be him. Yeah, it could a be a Brady, but he, he's Moncada. definitely up there though in the high 80s. There was like an 87, 88. So that's okay. my guess. Yeah, very cool. I'm excited to see what these guys can do. Um, if the Cubs are able to sign somebody that's a 90 overall player, I'm thinking Carlos Correa. Um, you know, there's Trevor Story is, you know, could be on the move. So it's gonna be interesting to see what goes on there. I'm excited to use both Chicago teams in the video game. Who in the game? is the best overall player. You got like a top five or something for me to like lay down who I'm trying to look for. If I'm flipping through the teams, I have a top six for you Okay. because as you know, in Madden, they have the 99 club. Yeah. So there's a 99 club also in MLB, the show 22 and there's six players. So I'm going to rattle off these six players. And I want you to tell me if you're surprised at the names on this list, or if you think anybody else should be on this list, that's not. So I'm going to start off. We got Corbin Burns. For the Milwaukee Brewers, he is a 99 overall. Mike Trout for the Los Angeles Angels, he is a 99. Ronald Acuna, Ronald Acuna Jr. for the Atlanta Braves. Jacob DeGrom for the Mets. Trey Turner for the Dodgers. And Fernando Tatis Jr. for the Padres. All six of those guys are 99 overall. Mookie Betts is an honorable mention at a 98 overall. He's somebody else who could join the 99 club this year, depending on how well he does. And let's be honest, if he has a great year, he probably will. There's no reason. What separates a 98 and a 99 overall, there's not There's not much there. Um, so I don't know why he's not in the first place. But those are your 99 overalls and the best players in MLB The Show 22. Yeah, I hate that list. I hate it for a variety of reasons. And it seems to me like certain guys, once they get respect, they keep it for a while. Like, you know, like Fernando Tatis Jr. is not better than Juan Soto. He's not. Juan Soto needs to be in this top five. And I'm not sure Corbin Burns is the second best pitcher in baseball behind DeGrom. He's a great pitcher. He won the Cy Young. He's phenomenal. He's outstanding. You know, I'd give him in the high 90s for sure. But are you telling me he's better than Max Scherzer? Are you telling me that if you had one game, everything on the line, Corbin Burns would be your guy? He'd be in on my rotation, I think. There are arguments to be made that he's not even the best pitcher on the Brew Crew. But I, I obviously like Trout. Trout is – people get so bored when you talk about Mike Trout because Mike Trout – it's just a boring answer. Hey, he's the best player. Yeah, it's Mike Trout still, you know. He's been for like seven years now. Mike Trout is like maybe the best player ever. When you look at his numbers deeply, he is unbelievable. And he didn't play much last year because of injury. He got hurt in like May and the angels were dead by the time he was ready to come back. So it was kind of like, okay, see you guys in spring training. No spring training as of right now, but you know, I like having him there. The cover athlete Shohei Otani, not 99 overall. He had 40 something bombs and had an under uh, a 3.3 ERA or whatever that it was. Like, that's a little surprising to me. Well, the thing here that I think goes into sports video games and athletes in these games is, like you said, 
it goes by how well they've done throughout their career. When you've earned that respect, then these games have that you so high up on their list. That's part of the reason why you see these young all-stars come into the league, right? Um, then they don't get the respect that they deserve, even though they're so good, but the games don't want to jump the guns on these guys. Um, what do you think Otani's overall is? Holy shit. Did you look? Oh, no. The lockout is over. All right. Well, there Holy you go. shit. Let's go. Wow. Live on air, lockout over. Per, per Bob Nightingale of USA Today, play ball. Rob Manfred needs 23 of 30 votes to approve, which will only be formal or formality. After 99 days, the lockout is officially over. The players' union accepts the deal, and once the owners agree, which is a formality, it's official. Opening day is April 7th. Let's play ball, Frank. Sorry to interrupt you. I forgot what I was saying, though. Who cares? Baseball's just, back, baby! Are you pumped? Let's go! I'm glad I was here for this announcement. Let's like the one show go. that I come on, it's announced. I am I'm just so the good happy. luck here. Per Jeff Pass and breaking, Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association have reached a tentative agreement on a new labor deal, sources tell ESPN. While it still needs to be ratified by both parties, that is expected to be a formality. And when it is, baseball is back. Let's go. I'm not going to make fun of the Cubs once this season. Not once. I doubt that. We're all friends. Nope, nope, nope. We're all friends. I, I just I wanted baseball back so bad, so bad. And I am just ecstatic right now. I'm happy to have you here on air. MLB The Show is not just going to be our – we're going to come home and play MLB The Show after watching baseball together instead of just playing MLB The Show all night yeah. because baseball's back. I, I know we were talking about – we'll get back to the video game in a minute, but now that it's back, like, are you excited? What's What's going on in your head? I'm excited. I it's going to be a full 162, right? I believe that it will be 162 games. There will be some double headers to make up the games from March 31st to April 6th that were wiped out. Well, so let's be honest. March only 31st four. was supposed to be opening day, so 31st through April 6th were all canceled. Those are going to be made up, and the season was also extended by three days. So the three day extension on top of a couple double headers. Yeah, because there was only, what, four series canceled? So that's easily yes. – you can make that up easy. Absolutely. And March 31st through April 6th in Chicago, New York. Exactly. It's Austin. bad weather anyways. There's yeah. chances that it could have been rained out as it is. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I, you know, I went to two games last year that were rained out in early April. So, you know, happy baseball's back. Um, back to what you were saying about the MLB The Show. I mean well, – well, I was asking you, what do you think Shohei Otani's overall is? Well, here's the thing. He's not the best hitter, and he's not the best pitcher, but he's very good at both. So if he's the eighth best hitter and the 15th best pitcher, I think you have the fifth or sixth best player. I do. That's my opinion. I think when you average them out, that's just how I see it. So I will. I would give him like a 97. 96? What if I said you're way off? Is he in the 80s, bro? Yeah. That's great. Okay. Wow. He is an 80 overall. He's almost in the 70s. He is an 80 overall on the dot. That's just disrespectful. The cover athlete is an 80 overall, which I was absolutely shocked, especially with the season he had last year. I thought developers would give him some sort of boost, but no, they didn't. Yeah, that's crazy. So... 
where can people get MLB 22, the show? Like, what, what are the dates, consoles, any other information on the game that you wanted to share with the crowd? Um, well, I could go over some of the game modes that are going to be in really quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to get to that. I, uh, man, I'm so excited about baseball being back. You have no idea. Like, we're going to have barbecues and watch the Sox and the Cubs. and Absolutely. You know, the wait. night games with NL West. Me and Joey could go back. To How many games do you think we're going to watch together? Probably a lot. Huh? I said, how many games do you think we're going to watch together? I said, probably a lot. Oh, my God, a lot. Me and Joey are going to go back to, like, owning the NL West on this show and loving the AL East all over again. Like, I'm just so excited. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, so game modes. So, yeah, so for the first time ever, the game is going to feature a competitive online game mode where you and your buddies will be able to play 2v2 or 3v3. And I just think that's incredible. So, for example, um, maybe friend one is pitching while friend two plays the infield and friend three plays the outfield. And you'll be able to do that competitively against other players online, which is the first time ever this is ever happening in the game mode or in the game. There's also a road to the show mode, which is an RPG style experience, which will involve you involve you creating your own player and kind of like a be a pro in NHL. Um, there's also a diamond dynasty game mode, which is kind of like huts or the hut version of MLB where you could collect cards and build your fantasy team, which is really fun. There's also, there will also be two new gameplay styles and difficulty set settings. If you want to test your skills in the game. And then perhaps the biggest news that's come out is Matt Visgarian after 16 years in his role at announcing in an MLB uh, video game will be replaced by John Boog Shambi and Chris Singleton, which is absolutely big news. Huge for Cubs fans too. I yeah. Know he is the play by play announcer for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. I know a lot of Cubs fans are still lukewarm on Boog Shambi, but I mean, he's a pretty good announcer. They took him away from ESPN of all places for a reason. So, mm -hmm. you know, what are your thoughts on him? I'm, you know, I'm not the biggest Boog Shambi guy. To me, when he's announcing the Cubs, he doesn't get as excited as I'd like him to be. Like when Len Casper was doing it, Len Casper would go nuts. And I think announcing makes the game of baseball. If you have a good announcer, it can make the team's atmosphere better as a whole. So it, to me, it's a wild move to make him the video game announcer. But obviously he's loved and he's good at what he does. And he's obviously there for a reason. So good for him. Yeah, it's the soundtrack of our summer. I get what you're saying. And honestly, like, I, until you said his name just now, I, like, forgot that he was – he's with the White Sox. He's doing the radio. And then on days that Benetti is out doing ESPN, like, he'll probably do a, a fair amount of college basketball games. And Len Casper will fill in for him on NBC Sports Chicago. So we got some good announcers for Chicago baseball. There's no doubt about it. I like Len Casper. I personally like Boog. I understand what you're saying. He doesn't – the Cubs aren't as close to his heart as they were to Len Casper, but I think they will grow on him. I think as time goes along, he'll start to realize, like, he's the Cubs announcer. Like, this is his team, you know. So, you know. I hope. It was, it was weird for me. It was weird for me when Benetti took over for Hawk, you know, because even though people hate Hawk – well, people who don't like the Sox hate Hawk especially, but, like – you know, it was weird going from him to Bonetti. You're so used to something for so long. Now I love Jason. You know, I think he's one of the best announcers in baseball. And he does a great job announcing, but he gets excited. 
He absolutely and that, does. And that's got, something I wish Boog it would grow on him because it, it, he doesn't get as excited as I like him to. Yeah, I understand. I completely understand. So any more game modes you want to discuss before we talk actual baseball? Those, the ones besides Road to the Show, Diamond Dynasty, that's basically it. There's no like new game mode besides the 2v2 and 3v3. Um, so yeah, as far as that goes, there's nothing really else there. But what was your other question? Yeah, I was just going to get to actual baseball now that we talked about the I, video. Oh, I can uh, tell you the releases. Yeah, the release, and there's a new wrinkle to where it's being released this year. No, yes, the Nintendo Switch. Um, I think we have a graphic that has all the different versions and the covers. Yeah, there you go. So while this is up here, I'll just say MLB The Show 22 releases on April 5th on the Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, Xbox One. PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and the Nintendo Switch. And there are multiple different versions you could purchase as well. So you got the standard edition, which is just going to be the creamier crop basic for the current gen consoles, or I should probably say older gen consoles now for PS4 and PS5. Then you have your standard edition um, video games for the, the next gen or current gen consoles as the Xbox One X or Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. That's going to run you $70 because there's an inflation in video games now that they're newer and more details go into creating them. And then there's always a better, more expensive edition. And then this year you got the MVP dish, uh, edition and the digital deluxe edition. Those game modes have a different cover. As you can see, they're kind of an anime-type cover, I would say, just because, yeah, it's like they're anime because, obviously, Shohei Otani's from Japan. Uh, I think it's such a cool cover. Um, and those editions are just like if you want extra packs and you want a Diamond Choice pack in Diamond Dynasty or you just want extra accessories for your player in Road to the Show, just stuff like that to give you a little boost uh, visually. And so if that's something you're interested, you could purchase these MVP and Deluxe Editions. Um, but if not, you could just get the Standard Edition, and you're going to have fun regardless. Absolutely. Frank, I'm so excited about baseball. I was going down on it, it was literally – Literally 24 hours ago, I was so ex or so pissed off. I told Joey, I was on the phone with Joey. I was in the car, and I'm on the phone with him. I go, I don't think I'm going to go to a single White Sox game this year when they come back. He goes, that's a lie. He goes, we'll see at Guaranteed Rate Field this summer, even Wrigley Field. And I'm like, all right, well, it kind of like if this would have got to June, and they like pissed me off after pissing me off after pissing me off, I don't know what I would have done. But I'm so happy. I, I like want to go. I don't know if April 7th, I think it's a road game. I want to say it's a Tigers game in Detroit. So I'm not too sure on how that's all going to go down. But, man, baseball's back, baby. Are you excited? I'm very excited. So, you know, I have to kind of talk to you on the fly here because my entire plan here was stuff based on the lockout. I was going to talk to you about thoughts on the lockout, you know, is baseball in trouble as a league? Well, yeah, I can ask you that anyway. If baseball would have let this get even more messy, it would have caused some significant damage, don't you think? Because think about yesterday. Yesterday, we were able to say that in the last 24 hours, Aaron Rodgers announced that he's staying with the Green Bay Packers and they're probably going to franchise tag Devontae Adams and you know they'll probably own the NFC North again next year and hope to make a run in the postseason. And I love when people make fun of the 
especially Bears fans, when they make fun of the Packers for like losing a close game to the 49ers in the postseason. <laughs> like, I wish we could lose a close. I wish the Bears could lose a close game to the 49ers in the postseason. Let me just freaking tell you that. Um, even though it is funny when the Packers lose, there's no doubt about that. Um, then Russell Wilson was traded to the Denver Broncos. And then less than 24 hours later, Carson Wentz was traded to the Washington football team. Dude, like the NFL owns every month at your baseball. You're going to let this ruin, like people are already talking about the NFL more than you. And you're going to piss people off when there's a war going on in Ukraine and uh, COVID killed, you know, what, half a billion people in the last two years. Um, you know, however many it is, I'm not too sure. I don't want to offend anyone with bad numbers, but you get what I'm saying. Like there's social injustices out there. Like there's just so much garbage in the world. And you want me to hear you argue over like a collective balance tax? <laughs> Screw you. You know, I understand why it pisses a lot of people off. Yeah. So like, do you think it would have done reputable damage to the league as a whole? Oh, absolutely. First of all, I was going to say they need to get their shit together, but just because they came to an agreement, that doesn't mean they, have their shit together but they really need to start doing something better for this league i'm tired of everything that's going on with the mlb my me personally i think they're one of the most poorly run uh sports leagues in the world i'm talking about world i mean you want to bring in any type of sport into it tennis rugby whatever it's run poorly um and fans are losing their patience just like you. And if this would have went on for a very long time and patience began to run thin, just a little bit too thin, you know, I think it would have hurt the MLB financially. People wouldn't have gone to games. You were even talking about not going to games. So I, I don't think this was good for baseball as a whole. And I guess they got it done and they did what needed to be done, but they're lucky it didn't go on any longer. There could have been some major, major damage. I couldn't agree more. Um, Based on history, you can almost say that the last week has gone well. Even though it's been a disaster, you could say it went well based on history. Because, like, the last time this happened, the World Series was canceled, you know. And we got robbed of seeing Michael Jordan maybe make his MLB debut. Like, stuff like that, you know, was the stupidity of Major League Baseball. And, you know, Joey was like, you're not going to affect anybody by not going to games. Maybe not me specifically, but if lots of people thought like me, which a lot of people do, because just go look at the attendance in 95, 96, and 97, it wasn't until Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were chasing Roger Maris's home run record for single season home runs that people were starting to get into the game again. And when Sammy Sosa came up to bat, must see TV, like, hey, I'll go to the bathroom in a minute. I got to see the Sammy Sosa at bat. Same thing with Mark McGuire. And when the Cubs and the Cardinals played each other at Wrigley Field and Bush Stadium, it was must-see TV, so that, there's no steroid era coming to save this shit right now. You know, I can't even think of what would have saved it because I, I, there's already outstanding players and fun personalities in the game. You got Aaron Judge and Tim Anderson chucking their bats and Fernando Tatis Jr. doing the stutter step over third base. Like, there's just so much cool shit going on in baseball, and it was like they were doing their best to try and ruin it. So glad it's over. I agree with you. Um, the designated hitter in the National League. What do you think? Um, I think it's about time, and I knew it was going to happen eventually. Um, I don't. I'm kind of confused on why they were split to begin with in the first place because it's kind of boring watching pitchers trying to hit. It's just to me, it's a waste of an at bat. Like, yeah, they get hits. I've seen pitchers hit home runs, 
I've seen pitchers come in for a sack to sack the guy from first to second, right? Or even a suicide squeeze, which is rare for a pitcher. But nonetheless, to me, it's just a, a waste of an at-bat. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of happy that they got away with it. And, you know, if the goal here is for the league to want more scoring in a game, getting rid of the uh, – or adding the DH in the National League is going to help more scoring. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, I, we have some tweets from Joe Shaheen and Darren Ravel here. Joe Shaheen says, big picture, baseball couldn't afford to lose games. The sport doesn't have that kind of hold any longer. So in a very real way, a deal that doesn't really fix anything is still better than no deal. It may be a bit before we know what the deal is. And then Darren Ravel, about 15 seconds later, there was one thing that the owners and players had. They both knew baseball was in a position where they could not afford a lost season. So that's outstanding news, actually, because that's kind of what I alluded to like five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. You're not the NFL. You know You know how they say there's no bad market in the NFL. Bad market to baseball and hockey. Like nobody wants to play for the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Columbus Blue Jackets, in order to have success, have to be outstanding with their trades and their asset management and drafting. You know, Artemi Panarin was out of there. Rick Nash, he was drafted and became a Blue Jacket. Great. And that's how they build stars there in Columbus. That's not the case in the NFL. The Bengals are a good market. The Jacksonville Jaguars sold out stadium. It's a good market. You know, that doesn't exist in baseball. The Oakland A's, bad market. The Tampa Bay Rays, bad market. Those teams are good because the teams do well. Not every team's the Dodgers. You know, in the NFL, everyone's the Dodgers. All 32 teams are the Yankees or the Red Sox, even the Cubs and the White Sox. No, not the White Sox or Cubs, really, as much to that extent. They both are big market teams and operate like cheap teams, which kind of pisses me off (laughs) on both sides. But, you know, that's what it's like in, you know, football. So you're the MLB. You need to play. You need to make people watch your sport, and you need to get the younger generation to like it, and this is a step in the right direction. So I believe there's going to be extra playoff teams. I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to line up. I'm sure that that has been collectively bargained. Like Ravel said, we don't know the ex- exact details of the new collective bargaining agreement as of right now. But if there's extra playoff teams, what do you think? Yeah, I heard the rumors being either 12 or 14. But why not 16? They haven't talked about 16 teams. But think about it. There's 30 MLB teams, and there used to be 30 hockey teams. And six teams made or 16 teams made the playoff, and it made for the perfect bracket. Um but then again, if you do 16 teams, then you really can't have a wild card. You just do like the top eight or whatnot. It's a little bit harder in the MLB, and I'm, I guess that's why they do it. Personally, I think 10 teams is not enough. I think there should be 12 or 14 or whatever they want to come to. I think there should be additional playoff teams because who doesn't love playoff baseball, right? It's just it's going to give the league more money. More people are going to go to games. It's going to give them more ratings. Uh, to me, it just seems like, why haven't they done it yet? Let's get more teams in the MLB playoffs. Yeah, I don't like 16, just because I think that's too many. Um, You can't have more than half the league make the postseason in baseball because they play 162 games rather than 82. But I'm cool with the extra team in each side. Make it 12 teams instead of 10. And um, that means one team from each side – it gets extra. Now the problem is you look at who would have made it last year instead. I believe the Phillies would have been the team that made it from the 
National League, and I can't really think of it. might have been the Mariners, right? Or no? I think it would have been the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, It was either the Blue Jays or the Mariners. They were fighting it out with the Yankees and Red Sox for the two wild. It was those four. Because I know the Mariners season came down to like the last day. Yeah, so did the Blue Jays, Yankees, and Red Sox. So it was one of those teams. It could have been the Blue Jays. Yeah. Uh, It was one of the two. You guys want to know something a little off topic that's a little funny, just a little side note here? That complete dummy, Joey Parisi, who is supposed to do this show with me, every, you know, he started this show with me. He called me mid-show. I mean, what a complete idiot he is. Does he not know I'm doing the show? You know, I hope nothing's wrong. Um, He's probably but, calling you saying, Vin, do you hear the lockout is a... Yeah, hey, did you, did you hear? Hey, my brother who works in sports, did you hear about the lockout being... Oh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm... Holy shit, dude. <laughs> it would have been the Toronto Blue Blue Jays. They had 91 wins. They went 91 and 71. The Seattle Mariners would have missed. If they did it 14 teams, it would have been the Blue Jays and the Mariners. In the National League, it would have been the Cincinnati Reds who made the playoffs, at, who would have made the playoffs as the extra team with 83 and 79. And then if they did 14 teams, that would have been the Philadelphia Phillies at 82 and 80. But I also think if there were extra teams, the trade deadline would have been handled differently. Uh, a team like the San Diego Padres might have not sold off a couple of their extra assets at the trade deadline when they were 15 games out of a playoff spot. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, the more absolutely. playoff teams that exist, the more uh, attempt to win will exist. Maybe the Cubs don't trade Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez if there's you know an extra two playoff spots because after trading off all those guys, they missed the postseason by 19 games. But if there were extra two teams they would have only missed by nine games which could have easily been made up if you don't trade Kimbrel, Tapera, Chafin, mm-hmm. Baez, Bryant, Rizzo. I, I swear there's one more that the Cubs traded away. Either way you know that's a good portion of good players that they traded away that might have helped them get make up those nine wins had they all been there. But so, it'd be fun to watch. Exactly there's there's a lot more uh, parity, I think, when you add more postseason teams because there are going to be more buyers at the trade deadline. Then obviously teams like the Arizona uh, Diamondbacks, I almost called them the Cardinals, um, the Pittsburgh Pirates, who were 61 and 101, extra playoff spots aren't going to motivate them anymore. They're not good enough. Same thing with teams like the Baltimore Orioles or the Texas Rangers of last year. The Texas Rangers of this year might be actually pretty good. But, you know, as you see on the bottom of your screen here, baseball free agency is going to open tonight. Do you think the floodgates are going to open? Is Chris Bryant going to have a home by tomorrow morning? Is Anthony Rizzo going to have a home by tomorrow morning? What about Freddie Freeman? You know, all these Carlos Correa, probably the best free agent still out there. Because remember the free agent frenzy that existed right before the lockout was instituted because some of these guys wanted to have – their names attached to teams during the lockout so they knew who they'd be playing for. Carlos Rodon, my guy. Yeah, it could so, be interesting. Yeah, do you think – what do you think, a big frenzy tonight? Um, You know, I wouldn't think tonight, but this week for sure, absolutely. Um, I think that – I don't know. I just don't see it happening as soon as tonight. I think it's way too early. I think now that it's over, there's other things you got to think about. Now it's like, okay, we got to think about free agency. Were they really thinking about it before or were they focused on trying to come to an agreement? So I think by the end of the week or within the first week, we're going to see a lot. You know, I could see it going either way. I actually do think there's going to be a couple that start to trickle in. I, you know, 
I'm going to be ready at fan side. There's no doubt about it. The Sox, they need a second baseman, and they need a right fielder really bad. Pitching helps everyone because I have always said that um, there's three big needs for the White Sox this offseason. So I'll, I'll get to the White Sox to address Aldo's comment here, and then me and you could discuss the Cubs together. And feel free to chip in on the White Sox as well if you have an opinion. The White Sox desperately need a second baseman because they traded Nick Madrigal to the Chicago Cubs in exchange for Craig Kimbrell and got Cesar Hernandez to replace him. And Hernandez didn't really work out. Now he signed with the Washington Nationals. So they, they have a hole at second base. If the season were to start tomorrow, it would be Leary Garcia. Right field, uh, it could be Gavin Sheets, friend of this podcast, previous uh, guest on this podcast. I think Andy Andrew Vaughn will be somebody to consider for right field as well. They could platoon those guys. Adam Engel is a very good player. It'd be nice to have Adam Engel as the fourth outfielder you'll bring in somebody new to play right field full time have an angle like fill in when needed with injuries and days off and stuff like that and then pitching every team in baseball needs pitching if you think your team doesn't need more pitching you're wrong i don't care if you're a fan of the dodgers the white i would say the dodgers white Sox, and brewers had the three best pitching staffs last season the white Sox faded away because they couldn't handle the astros at all the astros were just too deep but you know, I would say those three teams have the best pitching staffs, and they all still need help pitching. The White Sox could use another starter. They could use more rotation help. So those are my three positions of need for the White Sox. Do you have any thoughts on that or what you think the Cubs might need? I think you nailed it for the Chicago White Sox. As far as the Chicago Cubs, um, you know, I'd actually like to see them sign a veteran. I think they need some veteranness in this lineup. Um, Wilson Contreras has been with the Cubs for – quite some time now, but I, I want to see some veterans come into this franchise and help them build. Um, I don't think that what they have right now is going to be enough. So there's going to have to be a lot of changes. Uh, what's your opinion on them? Uh, the Cubs. Here's my thing. You need to start right now. The first thing Jed Hoyer should do now that he's allowed to talk um, to his players again, what is Wilson Contreras going to do? They Fucked it up with Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez. They did not get them extensions. They acted cheap. They didn't offer them what they were deserved. Those guys did not sign, and they were traded for assets. All three of them, it's starting to look like the Cubs did really well in all three of those trades. I know a couple of them were heavily critiqued when they first started, but Pete Crow Armstrong's awesome. The guys who came back for Bryant are pretty good. You look at the Cubs farm system, and it took a major leap forward in the last year. If Wilson Contreras is out, if he's not interested in signing whatever the Cubs feel like their max offer can be, they need to trade him. I'm sorry. I know it sucks. I know it sucks. I dealt with it. The White Sox traded everybody but Jose Abreu during their rebuild. Look at them now. You know, like, in the Cubs did the same thing. You had, you know, some great players or some horrible players making regular starts for you. And if Wilson Contreras isn't, you can look at this free agent signing uh Tracker right here, you got guys like Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, Chris Bryant, uh, Marcus Semyon already signed with the – or Seager and Semyon already signed with the Rangers. Freddie Freeman's out there. Um, guys like Robbie Ray, Max Scherzer, Kevin Guzman, Marcus Stroman, those guys are all out there. Trevor Story is unsigned. Uh, Castellanos, and there's a drive to deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run, and that will make it a 4 nothing ball game. I consider myself a man of faith. He could sign with anybody out there. Uh, Kershaw's still out there. I heard people say Kershaw would look really good in cubby blue. I actually agree. You know, I'm a White Sox fan. 
if Kershaw went to the Cubs, it would would feel weird about it. But, like, Kershaw's still a pretty good pitcher. He's not the best pitcher in the league anymore, but he's probably the best pitcher in the last 20 years. And that's saying something because DeGrom is amazing. But, you know, there are some good pitchers out there. Kyle Schwarber, Nelson Cruz, who's like an older version of Kyle Schwarber, if you think about it. Um, I don't know, man. If I'm the Cubs, you figure out what Wilson Contreras is going to do. If he's out, you have to trade him. And then if you trade Wilson Contreras, all you have left from the 16 team is Jason Hayward, Kyle Hendricks, and is that it? I think that um, was, was Ian Happ on the team. I don't think he wasn't he wasn't called up yet. So um it's gonna be interesting to see how they do this stuff. Um I'm excited I, to see Strowman too. Oh Stro- they're pitching staff is, Strowman. They got really good pitching. It's gonna be really good. Yeah. Kyle Hendricks, Adbert Alzali, Marcus Strowman, and Wade Miley is an outstanding starting rotation. Their bullpen sticks. They need to figure out a way to develop some arms for the bullpen or sign a guy or two and make it a good bullpens you yep. can fix rather quickly in an offseason. The Cubs did it literally last year. They were pretty good. Like who like they were able to get assets for Chafin, Tapera, and Kimbrell. And that, you know, you gotta replace those guys. Now Cody Hoyer's out for the year. That's a really tough blow. You gotta figure out a way to replace him. But you got Nick Madrigal. Outstanding slap hitting nine hitter. I saw people projecting him to bat first. If the Cubs bat Madrigal leadoff, I'll be a little annoyed because he has potential to be the best nine hitter of all time. There are people that think Ozzie Guillen's the greatest nine hitter of all time. I call him Magical Madrigal. Magical Madrigal. That's what I'm saying. He's a very good hitter. The defense, he seems a little like shaky with the defense, even though he won a minor league gold glove. I think that's just because of like pressure and you know not being used to the major league game. I would have traded Schwindel and Wisdom. That's just my, I know I get so much hate for saying that, but when you're 29 and then you turn 30 midseason and that's your breakout rookie year, how do you expect me to believe you're going to do it again? <laughs> if they were 21, sure, but I think their trade value is at its highest, and I'm just a little surprised that. You know, in three years, we're going to look back and say they should have traded Schwindel and Wisdom when they were 30-year-old rookies. Like, who's a team that could use those guys? And even if they did regress, they could provide something for them. Uh, The Yankees, the Dodgers. If Schwindel was 80% of what he was last year with the Dodgers, he'd look awesome. If he's 80% of what he was last year with the Cubs, he wouldn't look quite as awesome. Because they need that like 800 OPS first baseman in order to be a winning baseball team right now. Absolutely. So, you know, my analysis on the Cubs is a little less cut and dry than the White Sox. Because if you're the White Sox, you go out and sign Castellanos to play right field. You make a trade for Chris Bassett to be your new uh, starting pitcher. One of your new starting pitchers to go with Lance Lynn, Giolito, Cease. Kopech and Keiko to run a six-man rotation to ease Keiko back in, or Kopech into the starting rotation, and you find somebody to play second base. I mean, you could win the World Series, and nobody should be shocked. Where with the Cubs, they're more like, are they rebuilding? Are they retooling? Are they trying to win now that there's an extra playoff spot? Do they think they're better than the Phillies? Do they think they're better than you know the Mets? The Mets made big offseason moves. So that's where I'm at on the two Chicago teams. It's great analysis, and I'm just happy baseball's back. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, do you actually think the Mets? The Mets are 
They were a mediocre team last year. They started off real hot, then fell off. You got DeGrom and Scherzer. Mm-hmm. Okay. You assume they start every playoff series 2-0 and if you got DeGrom and Scherzer at their healthiest. But do they make the playoffs? Uh, see, I feel like the Mets are one of those teams that are snake-bitten, kind of like the Las Vegas Raiders. It just seems like no matter how good of a year DeGrom has, and we'll see with Scherzer how good of a year he has, it just doesn't seem like they could get over the hump. And if they get over the hump, I think we'll see good things happen to them in the playoffs for, like you said, they shouldn't lose, especially with that good of pitching. I mean, something's wrong in that organization and something needs to change. Yeah. Well, they got a new owner and they were one of four teams to vote against the new collective bargaining agreement. The Yankees were one of them too. And then the Astros and then the Cardinals. So it's an interesting group of teams that voted against this thing, but especially since all four of them probably believe they're going to make the postseason this year. And I actually would bet for all uh, the Yankees might be the worst of those four, but you know, I'm excited about it. Um, I want to get a little bit into some of the things you like about baseball outside of your favorite team. What's your favorite stadium besides Wrigley field? Um, I really like Coors field just because I love the way the ball soars at Coors field. Um, I love Angel Stadium. The view you get from Angel Stadium when you see that rock waterfall in the background and players are hitting home runs, and I just think it's a beautiful view. Um, and the other one that I think has a really good view is Dodger Stadium. The skyline that you get, like when the sun is setting when you're watching a Dodgers game, it's just these fields, these three that I said, are just absolutely gorgeous stadiums. And I would love to visit them one day, and I would love to visit all 30 MLB stadiums one day. Absolutely. I agree with you. Who's your favorite player that's not on your favorite team? And why is it Luis Robert? No, I'm kidding. My favorite player. I'd have to say it's going to surprise you probably a lot. You're not going to, this is just going to be completely, you're not going to be expecting this. It's, it's so hard. It's between two. It's either Mitch Hanniger or Jared Kelenic on the Mariners. Um, just I just love watching those guys play. They're so electric when they come up. Kelenic is awesome. He is a stud. Steve Stone loves it. Every oh, time God. the White Sox play the Mariners, Jared Kelenic, Jared Kelenic, Jared Kelenic. I love that kid. He is so good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I know your answer here. Do you have a second or third favorite team? Yeah, the Mariners. <laughs> I mean, as soon as you said that – the lockout was over and the news broke. The first thing that came to my mind is I'm going to be able to watch the Mariners games this season. I am all in on the Mariners. I I love this franchise. There's just something about them. And you know, earlier how I announced announcing Dave Sims is an incredible play-by-play announcers for the Mariners. You want somebody who just gets so involved with this team and somebody just who loves this team so much Dave Sims is the guy. I was watching a game last year, one of the games um, where that last stretch of the season where they could have gotten the playoffs, and I think it was Abraham Toro cranked out a home run. And or it, it could have been somebody else. It might have been Mitch Hanniger too. And he made me laugh. He's like, giddy up, giddy up. It's out of here or whatever. And it was just insane. I love them. It's just an electric organization. They're underdogs every season. They haven't made the playoffs since 2001. They've only made the playoffs four times in their 44-year um, 
lifespan of the MLB. So you could say they're just a fun team to root for. And I can't wait. I'm going to get some Mariners gear this year too. And I'd actually love to go see the Cubs play the Mariners. If they they'll come here, right? I believe the, I don't know if they're playing the NL West this or the AL West this year. They only come once every three years. No, they don't. They They didn't play them last year though. right? Yeah. But the Cubs have the AL East this year. I know they're playing the Red Sox and Yankees for like the fifth time ever this year. Their Cubs are making like their first trip to Yankee Stadium in like six years and only like their fifth time ever. So I'm pretty, the Mariners will be next year. Do the White Sox play? Yeah, that makes sense. Last year, the Cubs played the White Sox division. Yeah, the last year, the Cubs played the White Sox division. They play the White Sox every year. That's like the one team from the American League they play every year. Every National League team has an American League team they play every year. Like for the Cardinals, it's the Royals. For the Yankees, it's the Mets. For the White Sox, it's the Cubs. Um, but they played their entire division last year. They played the twins, the Royals, the uh, Tigers, and the, now the guardians, but oh, the guardians there, they exist now. Actually, um, forgot about them. <laughs> this year, the Cubs play the Yankees, the Red Sox, the blue Jays, the o- Orioles and the Rays. And so next year they'll play the angels, Astros, Mariners, um, Rangers, and who's the one I'm missing? I'm so stupid. I'm a, oh, the A's. But yeah, the Mariners play the White Sox this year. I, I actually saw the Mariners at Guaranteed Rate Field last year twice. I might have to so, go to a Mariners game. Yeah, I'll go Guaranteed to a Mariners White Sox game with you. Yeah, let's do it. I'm in for that. So I'm excited that baseball is back. One thing that the people probably really want to hear, especially the ones who are faithful to both of our shows, what's it like to bet baseball in the opinion of Frank Mueller? So base betting baseball is very unique over any other sport. It's one of the only sports that when you're looking at betting lines for the game, it's going to show you the starting pitchers. Um, That's not like that for hockey. It's not going to show you who's starting in net for the New Jersey Devils that night, but it's going to show you who's starting for the Chicago White Sox. Um, And that's because the, the way betting works in baseball is the lines are based off starting pitching. We're not necessarily like if you, you go to hockey, the lines aren't necessarily made on who's starting in that for each team. Um, starting pitching is so crucial to baseball and so crucial to betting that a lot of people place their bets based on who's starting, which is not always necessarily the greatest thing to do. You also want to look at the bullpen, right? Cause your starting pitcher is only going to go for so many games and then it's going to be up to your bullpen to, to finish the rest. So you also want to take a look at like, Oh, is, Liam Hendricks going to be on a rest day because he's pitched three games in a row or whatever because he doesn't pitch 182 games or 162 games. Um, You also want to take into consideration travel days and the amount of games they've been playing in a row and the length of a series because it's hard to sweep any team in the MLB. Um, If you got a four-game series and the favorite has won the first three games, it's not a guarantee no matter who's pitching that they're going to come away with that fourth win um, in this series. So that's something else to keep an eye on. And a, a, a lot of times I would place my bets on everything I just said. Is it, are they due to lose? Because it's going to be hard to sweep at the end of the year. If you take a look at all the times teams have sweep team, another team, it's not that much. It's very, very hard to do. Um, so yeah, when you're betting on baseball, you're, you're going to want to take into all those factors that I named starting pitching your bullpen length, the series, uh, 
travel days, are they coming off of a day of rest? That sometimes helps, but it could also hurt you depending on the time zone and the, your, the amount you're traveling and just taking into consideration that it's hard to sweep teams. So those five things, betting baseball is a very hard sport to bet on, but you know, there's ways to do it and ways to do research about it. So that's what I got for you. Three most likely teams from each league to represent their league in the World Series as of right now. Pre, pre the rest of free agency. Who, my guy Robert Murray disagrees with you, Frank. Somebody, he asked a scout, or maybe it wasn't a scout. He asked someone with connected sources, what is free agency going to be like to start? And the word used was uh, crazy. So we'll see what happens. I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens. So you want my top three, huh? From each league. Well, I'll start in the NL. For sure, I think the Dodgers, right? Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers just seem to always have something about them. <laughs> I don't know what it is. They're just always great. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if the Giants were contenders this year. Depending on how free agency goes, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the Giants organization. <sighs> Let's see. Who else would be a good contender? Maybe the Cardinals? You got the defending World Series champions. Yeah, I don't uh, think, though, uh, to be the honest. Mets, no. The, the Padres, Cardinals. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I'm going to okay. go out on a limb and say the Cardinals. I All don't right. think the Brewers. I don't really Honest think team in the league Braves. 10 last year. There's no doubt about that. I, I think this is going to be a year for the Cardinals, unfortunately, since I'm a Cubs fan. Um, but non-biasedly, they might go on a run and they could get back in the postseason. I, I want to go out on a limb. I just don't want to choose all the favorites, right? So uh, that's going to be my guess. I'm going to say the, the Cardinals. Now from the AL. You could see the White Sox. That's a potential. Um, maybe the Rays. And throw out some other teams. I got to th- they're the true contenders in the American League. You nailed it with the White Sox and the Rays, and then beyond them too, you got the Astros, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays are a popular pick. Some people are thinking the Mariners are going to end their drought. I hope um, they end their drought. The but... Texas Rangers ended or added. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Texas Rangers. Ooh. Just because of all the 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 plays they've been making lately, that's you just jogged my memory there. To make it to the World Series, I would contend. Eh, I don't know. It's hard to do that after the type of season they've had. But, you know, they got a lot of good pickups. Um, yeah. So maybe, I don't know, the Texas Rangers, that's kind of a long stretch. Maybe I'll say the Blue Jays could happen. I hope the Mariners. I think the Mariners can make the playoffs. And if you make the playoffs, anybody could go to the World Series. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Don Burr, I'm a big fan of his Detroit versus every buddy that he throws in the chat every single day. Um, <laughs> the Lions stink, but the Tigers are going to be pretty good. So I actually like the Tigers as one of the teams to compete with the White Sox for the top of the, the AL Central. Good. I'm not high on the Yankees. I'm not either. That's the why Yankees are the Cowboys. Every year they have top three odds, and they suck. I'm not high on the Astros either. I don't know why the Astros are higher than the Yankees. Well, the Astros have been in the American League Championship Series four out of the last five years. They have a World Series championship and another World Series appearance. Yes, they cheated the one, you know, they have 
three years of proven cheating, but we're pretty it's pretty clear that it was helping them, but it wasn't the end all be all. They're still a very good team. So I kind of get it. If I had to go three from the AL, I would actually go White Sox, Jays, Red Sox. Wow. Those are the teams that I would say from the American League. Um, the National League, I think the Padres are gonna have an extreme bounce back year. So I would go Padres, Dodgers, and I like the Mets. I like the, I, I I don't know. I don't every know. year, every year know. I say it, every year I say it, they're like the Browns. I'm not convinced. They always have this good roster and then they screw me. I'm so not like, you know, we'll see what happens. But Frank. What a good baseball show. It did not go according to script. No, because I mean, of, we had to kind of go on the fly because of the news that was revealed. Who wouldn't want that, though? Exactly. It makes for a good show. Yeah, and so I encourage everybody out there to watch all the stuff on the Barroom Network regarding baseball. This show is, like, fully back now. I don't have to scramble for shit to talk about. You know, you see at the bottom of the screen the White Sox are plus 1,200, which is probably top five in the American League, and then the Chicago Cubs are plus 10,000 which is probably bottom White five. White Sox is probably top three in the American League. Yeah. Is the Chicago Cubs at plus 10,000? Is that like bottom five in the whole league, you think? Maybe no. not. No, 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 maybe not. Absolutely yeah, not. It but, won't be, no. I yeah, there are some teams. The yeah. Pirates are up the Pirates, there. The Orioles. The, the Diamondbacks yeah. are worse than the Cubs. The Orioles. The Orioles. Yeah, so they're, they're not bottom five. Bottom 10 for sure, but not bottom five. The Mariners actually got some pretty decent odds. Bottom seven, yeah. Um, Mariners, go. I think the last time I checked, uh, because I wanted to do a little something on the Mariners winning the World Series, it was like plus 2200 around there, which isn't terrible. No, that's that's like enough. playoff value. Yeah, like, they so won 90 like, games last year. And was such a heartbreaker. I was so heartbroken. 90 wins makes the playoffs most years. It would have in the NL, wouldn't it? It would have if they expanded the playoffs. Two teams. I, I think they had a better record than the Braves, who won the freaking World Series. Yeah, because didn't the Braves have like 89 wins or something, or 88 wins? They would have tied. Yeah, the Braves had 88 wins, but they won their division. So they weren't taken out of the second Still wild card was the Cardinals. Cardinals. The Cardinals had the same record as the uh, Mariners. So. Still had more wins than the Braves. And the World Series champions. Yep. Yeah. Isn't they played such a good season. It, it ended so – I was so heartbroken. Yeah, that's tough. It's really, really tough. So that's our show. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Make sure you follow Frankie Mueller on Twitter, at the King Bean and read all of his stuff, at App Trigger, talking about video games. I'm sure he'll have a couple MLB The Show articles coming out now that baseball's back and people are going to be clicking anything related to baseball. And, of course – now that baseball's back, your boy just got 10 times busier tonight, tomorrow, the day after, the day after, the day after. Because of baseball coming back, I'll be having my top free agents the White Sox should consider. I'll even be having some Cubs stuff coming up. My guy, Ryan Sykes, I don't know if you're watching, but he works with me for DeWindy City. His Cubs content is off the hook, and I'm going to edit some of it right when we hang up here. I can't wait to share all the stuff from Southside Showdown and DeWindy City with the world. Of course, I have my hockey stuff as well for Pucks and Pitchforks and DeWindy City. I encourage everybody to go out and check out my two favorite sports and how much I love covering them, along with football, but it's the offseason and the Bears suck. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Very uh, excited for the – season debut i'm assuming south burbs hitman is going to start up here really soon too i've been in contact with my good friend and barroom network host and producer himself joe mandel he will be the guest on the show next week to promote 
Southside Showdown. We were wondering, is this going to be an episode that promotes South Burbs Hitman, or is it going to be an episode where we just BS and talk about Star Wars because there is no baseball? Well, now it's going to be a combination of both, and I encourage everybody to watch all of the Barroom Network shows regarding basketball and football as well over the weekend. Me, Frankie, and I will be back next Wednesday to talk about the National Hockey League. We're previewing the NHL trade deadline, which comes one day after that. What are the Blackhawks going to do as far as Marc-Andre Fleury, Calvin DeHaan, uh, Caleb Jones, all these guys on expiring contracts. Can't wait to see what they do there. Frank, you got anything left to say before we let the people go? Well, baseball is back, and let's get this season underway. Play ball. Absolutely. I'm so excited about it. Make sure you're following at the King Bean on Twitter. I'm at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. And as always, stay family, stay healthy, stay baseball. Let's play ball. Let's go White Sox. Thank you.